Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. What I just want to do is look for the opportunities where people will accept me for being an organized, passionate, well-read professional. Because, of course, I can round, around, I can round corners, but the fear of rounding corners is you end up becoming a person who you really are, are not. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Number show. Now, you've just heard a short snippet from Carl Kern, and Carl is one of the people in finance and accounting who I most enjoy talking with and catching up with. You know, Carl is just so enthusiastic and constructive in his comments. He really embodies what is is good about being a mentor in finance. And given it's this special time of year, we recorded this around Christmas time, you know, Carl's got some fantastic insights gained from his immense experience in finance and accounting. And since I've known Carl, he tends to call these the current rules. So Carl has kindly condensed these down into... 12 current rules of Christmas and I refer to him as a bit of a Christmas cracker where you've got the first rule and the last rule, the 12th rule and and they sort of embody all the really good bits inside those sort of surprise gifts, those sort of presents you get inside if you were to pull the Christmas cracker and they all sort of fall out and I think there's something in there for everyone and if you were to just take one of those gifts uh, into next year, into 2020 and start applying that and learning from that, I think you'd go on to have an awful lot more fun and and more meaning within your finance and accounting career if you were to look back on it from a year's time. And like in our usual conversations, they can go on a good bit. Uh, Our dinners tend to last for hours, and our conversations, well, a very long time too. So we've had to split this one up into two parts. And what you get to hear on this one is part two. We cover why problems do not work nine to five Monday to Friday and how we can use a pre-mortem strategy to help us deliver more value to our organizations. And this next point is so key why we shouldn't really always come across or show people how smart we are, but instead how helpful we are for us to be understood and also help our organizations progress. So if you enjoyed the episode, you can check out our timestamp show notes, key quotes, resources, ways to connect with Carl and more at sitnshow.com. And we really appreciate it when you recommend the show to colleagues and friends and they can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And given this is the festive season and a time for reflection as well, just want to say a big thanks to all our listeners for tuning into the show and your comments and your support. Uh, all your kind words really keep us going and producing this show i just want to wish you all the best for the holidays and for the year ahead too and again would love to hear your stories of how you found some of the mentors helping you achieve your priorities and your goals and share those stories with others too so that's enough for me so over to carl and the show And this is something, Andrew, I, re- I was talking about this semester. 
with my students and particularly in financial statement ratios. We're brought up in the classroom talking about turnover ratios, receivable turnover, inventory turnover, payable turnover. But my argument is when you just take those ratios and you go to a, you, you go to someone on the sales force and, and, and talk to this person and say, hey, your receivable turns went from six to four, what's going on? More than likely, the salesperson is going to look at you not knowing what you're talking about. So you're not <laughs> helping the situation. Yeah. You, we, we help the situation by using the turnover ratios, dividing them into 365 days to get measurements like average collection period, average age of inventory, average payment period. So we take the average age of inventory, you're going into a warehouse you're talking to a warehouse manager and said, hey, it's taking a week mm -hmm. longer to get this product out. What's going on here? Well, someone who's outside the finance function is going to have a lot easier time relating to days, weeks, months than they are to some turnover oh, ratio yeah. that they're going to have a difficult time grasping what a receivable turn of six is versus a receivable turn of four. So. Yeah. We don't need to show people how smart we are. We got to show how helpful we are. And that's why one of the items that I like so much in sharing is this timeline I saw in this book by Taiichi Ono about the Toyota production system. He makes it so simple where he has this simple timeline. And that end of the timeline is when cash is being received from a customer order, how we can be very helpful when I was when I explained to showing how I explained to my students, when you're talking about time, the amount of time it takes to sell product, the amount of time it takes to collect cash, it's going to add to the simplification of, of effort, which shows us how helpful we can be. We're not complicating things to just to try to show how smart we are. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I think that was great advice on how, how to go from smart to being helpful, put those smarts not in demonstrating how many ratios we know and what things we can work out in our heads, but try and translate that into language that's useful for people that they can do something with. Uh, and then try and get back into, into what you were saying about the, the lean production and the Toyota system. Like, you know, you see in a lot of instances, problems do not work nine to five Monday through Friday. That's your that's your rule number 10. Well, that basically, that's that's life yeah. experience for my father. <laughs> My father, well, my father was a fireman. Fires didn't happen nine to five, Monday through Friday. He'd get a call. He wouldn't complain. He'd just put on his uniform and go. Now, I don't, I mean, I'm hoping that my work is not going to be like his, where when he went to work, lives yeah, were at yeah. stake. It was a matter of life. I mean, it was seriously a matter of life or death. But the point that I want to emphasize with this one is that, look, problems are going to happen at any time of the day or any day of the week. And that's why rule number one is so important. It's about your priorities. What's the most important for you? Once you get that, everything else flows. But you have to have this mindset of realizing that problems don't work, don't occur in an, or in an organized manner. They're going to be haphazard and we have to deal with them. And that's why I put number two about nothing can be perfect, but everything can be better. We're not going to have everything laid out for us perfectly but we just got to find ways to to be 
better. And that ties into the first prior, the first rule and then rule number 11 about disorganization. Try to organize yourselves because when you disorganize, it is going to create unnecessary mistakes. But again, if you, if you link that back to one, if, if you know what's essential and the priorities are, then that becomes much easier. And when you're starting out, that's why it's important to surround yourselves with mentors or experienced people to help you figure out those essential bits yes. and priorities. And I think that's why this show has been so popular, uh, Carl, is that you know people are picking up very useful advice on how to figure out what's essential, what's the priorities, you know, debunking some myths around all the change in technologies, focusing on what's essentially important. And, you know, a big running theme is, I think, to r- round it all out, is your number 12, which is, you know, that, that point that you made earlier on about the square peg looking to fit in a round hole. You know, there's just two things you can do. Round your corners or look for square holes. I mean, that that should be all gifts. I mean, how, how do you go about doing that one? Uh, rule number 12. Well, basically, it's a reminder of myself of who mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. And it's I'm an individual who's organized, passionate, and well-read. Now, when you take a look at all three, it gets back to rule number four of maximizing the positive, minimizing the negative, because all three characteristics that I, I've been described as, they, they're negatives to negatives to them. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do for myself as a reminder, and I like to share with everybody else, is we are going to, we have characteristics that are going to drive us. And under pressure, we're going to revert back to who we are naturally. And with me, it's always going to be a case of laying things out. And that just comes from my work in private industry where month-end closes happened every four to five weeks. It was so easy to organize it because it was Mm, repetitive. So I'm always going to be leaning more toward being organized, but it's my passion. Now, sometimes the passion, maybe it could rub somebody the wrong way. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. But what I just want to do is look for the opportunities where people will accept me for being an organized, passionate, well-read professional. Because, of course, I can round around, I can round corners, but the fear of rounding corners is you end up becoming a person who you really are, yeah. are not. Yeah. And that gets back to what we talked about earlier about your word saying nothing, rule number seven. You can keep talking about, well, I'm this, I'm this Python expert, or I'm the, I'm, I'm this expert in financial modeling, or I'm a person who can get along with others. But when you watch the person in action, the person does not understand anything with Python, could not build any type, construct any type of financial model, or is annoying everyone else around around him or her yeah yeah but uh, you know i think um i think i think it comes back to, to to again one right and i and i think that's for me one and 12 are key because they they wrap around the other rules is that the you know part you know yes and that's why i'm glad i'm, I'm glad you recognize that andrew because i purpose when putting this list together there is a a flow a sequence involved in this and number 12 yeah. closes the loop of number one and when it comes to your priorities you are not going to fit yeah. in or all of us we're not going to fit into every situation 
So we have a choice. We can either change ourselves. And when I'm talking about change, I'm not talking about change in terms of learning a, yeah, yeah. learning accounting or learning coding or learning mathematics. It's well, I'm going to, I'm going to be less, I'm going to be less engaged. I'm going to be more forceful. Well, you start getting into changing who you are as a person and under pressure, uh, that's uh, not uh, going to exactly. hold up. Yeah. So for me, yeah. So for me, it's looking for the square holes, finding the situations that do fit you as as not as as not only a, a professional, but but also a person. And I think that's the key. And I think Andrew, that gets back once again to what we talked about a few months ago. And again, I can't thank you enough for giving me that term, essential skills. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, God, you were saying, yeah, sorry. No, just just very quick, just very quickly. What's essential yeah. in one situation is not essential that, that, in that, another situation. That rings situation. true for me. I just want, I just, I just don't want to leave on that point. I, I if you just elaborate just a little bit more for audience, on what's essential in one situation might not be as essential in another. Well, for example, well, for example, Andrew, when I was talking about the company that was taking upwards to six weeks to 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 close the books, the essential skills there was pro was to was being organized it was being able to take what was needed to close the books lay out a task list or a checklist to say okay on this day we need to do a b and c and then the next day we need to do mm -hmm. d e and f so in that particular situation what was essential was being organized and then being involved. And then I was involved with another company years earlier where the essential skill was computer science. And I was so fortunate to have a, a boss at that time who was an expert in computer science and coding that took a complete overall. I mean, he, I mean, Andrew, he literally started from scratch with, the company's financial management system as it related to the technology element of finance of FPNA and financial reporting. But in that situation, it didn't take what is talked about so much, the interpersonal skills. It took the technical skills in computer science to get the software in play so that the deadlines of reporting financial results could be accomplished. And that was on my side, the financial reporting side, and on the on the FPNA side was being able to provide ROI analyses on stores as to whether these stores should be the leases should be renewed or should be closed or should a new store open or not. It is interesting though how what's essential can change, and and, and again that's just the nature of change. You know, it, it there is going to be changes in what that is. So it's like, um, let's say, let's say we've got people listening who, who you know, it's it's essential that they they get the right compliance and controls in place. And let's say they've done that, then the next bit might be, well, okay, can you do that perhaps with a, a more automated manner, um, a less a less um, how do you say uh, human uh, input in terms of those? So you're, you're moving up to another value level because that's taken care of the incremental returns on that is, is is not as strong and then so on and so on 
And then, and like, but then again, it might be. But then again, if someone thinks what's essential then is to go and do the the controllership piece, maybe join the dots together, or go out talking there, getting out from behind someone's desk, maybe that might not appeal to someone else. Um, it's essential it gets done, and then that's where the team comes in. Exactly, and that's Andrew getting back to a uh, rule number twelve: a person who is uncomfortable interacting with others. That's going to be very. That's going to be very difficult. Now, for me personally, I know one thing we talked about when we were together a few months ago. I I attended college as a radio, television, film major, and I was interested in performance. So for me, it's easy. I find it easy. I find it comfortable to go face to face. But I know there are things on the technical side that I don't have my arms wrapped around like I do in this type of environment we have right now. Well, to make the street the team stronger, I'm going to be looking for someone who does have those technical skills, which is going to be essential to make the team better. And that gets back, Andrew, to rule number four, maximize the positive, yeah, minimize exactly, the negative. Yeah. And it's funny how you mentioned team because to give a little bit of a preview of an article that I expect to be published in FP&A Trends in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be emphasizing that element of, of that mm. concept of team. And when it comes to team, it's so important to look at the situation. Don't try to shove square pegs in round holes. Look at the situation to see which is essential in terms of people who possess the interpersonal skills, people who possess the, the technical skills. Bring that together into a team that maximizes the positive while minimizes the negative of what yeah. the role of finance should be. And that, of course, is getting back to rule num of rule number five. Don't show we don't want to show people outside finance how smart we are. We just want to show them how helpful we are. And that's going to come from a combination of, actually, of skills. Actually, you know, just uh, thinking about all the conversations so far, Carl, right? And uh, and your rules. It's like um, it's like a Christmas cracker. You know, I, I don't know if you have that custom uh, on the East Coast there, the States, where, where people sit down at the table and at Christmas dinner, they get a, a cracker where one person pulls one end and the other pulls the other end. And there's a big crack noise. And then in the middle, a prize falls out. Well, you know, I, I, I look at number one being one end of the uh, cracker, number 12 being the other end. And then when you pull it, you get all these great bits in between. These rules pop out that are very useful and could be very good gifts for the year ahead, I think, anyway. Well, it's nice here. But to get back to your earlier question, no, I, we, I've not been involved. I've not seen or heard in the States this, the tradition of pulling the, of pulling the cracker apart. But yeah, yes. And, and, and Andrew, that's why I'm putting this list together of the, of the 12. That's what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to have that starting point of just understanding that it's yeah. all about priorities and priorities change. And at the end of the day, our priorities are going to be judged. And one thing I just tell people when it comes to my prior most important priority now, I just don't want on my day of judgment to be told to go to the elevator and hit the down button. That's all that's all I care. That's all I care about right now. I let everything let everything else follow that. But and number 12 closes the loop because the fact, and this is the one thing, Andrew, that does concern me with people is. Again, they're trying too to much, do yeah. too yeah. much, and we have gifts that we've been given. Let's just maximize those gifts, and over time, we will be better off for it. Um, hey, 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 Carl, look, um, 
I, I want to be very respectful of your time. You know, you've been giving such great advice on, on this podcast. No, oh, I seriously you. haven't. I, I was curious though. Um, I mean, I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've received yourself? Oh, this is one of that. I shared this one earlier this week with students. And this is something I hope that those listening to the podcast who are looking for career changes, I don't know what we want to call this rule number 13, but the best piece of advice, Andrew, that I ever received in terms of employment is you want the hiring manager to say, at the end of the interview, I like Carl, I like Andrew, I like whoever. Your resume gets you the interview, but it's you, the person who gets the job. And unfortunately, it took me, I didn't, I didn't learn that till about eight years into my professional life. No, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things that life experience, you don't get caught up in these situations. And then I was working with an individual and an individual told me you go into the interviews like a robot just reciting your resume it's all about the inner interpersonal and again this is getting back Andrew to what um we, we talked about about what's essential your resume has a has certain has something that requires certain essential elements but when you're in an interview there's other skills that are going to be essential to obtain the opportunity I couldn't agree more, Carl. There was, um, I mean, I remember on an interview panel, and again, it was for, for people fresh out of college to go into a finance graduate program. And I, I was looking to recruit one of those on the into the program. And there was five of us doing the interview panel. And uh, the guy on, on whose resume, who on paper would have been a complete great fit for the job, uh, actually didn't do so well during the interview. It was a guy... Who probably didn't have the strongest resume, but he everyone liked him. He he got stack ranked number one by everyone, and he he got the he got the job. Um, so it wasn't just me thinking it; it was everyone else on the panel. And it's amazing how how much a swing you can have from a very strong resume to not getting the job just because, you know, you 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 focus too much on the resume and not on the needs of what was required for the person going for the job. It's it's great advice you share, and uh, it resonates so much. Uh, well, I'm glad yeah, to hear I, that. Yeah, no, but but like yourself, but like yourself, I wish I had that advice myself sooner. I um, I probably would have been more successful at jobs. But thank, thankfully, the penny dropped, as they say, later on, and uh, it's been it's been okay since since then. Um, so, so Carl, uh, I, I know you mentioned a couple of resources there uh, during FPNA trends and the book by if if I get it right, is it Taichi Ono? Um, uh, is, there, yes. is there any sort of other resources or places our, our audience could go check out that you might recommend? Oh, goodness. Well, there's there's, there, there's so many. I, I know there really are so many because I was actually asked this question. I was actually asked this question about a week or two ago. For me, I think there are there are a number of websites, website that I've been adding as part of my daily. And in fact, I tend to go into it now two or three times a day is a website called CF. Oh, die. Oh. And I just, is this one of these things I, I stumbled into? I've been, I've been finding some very interesting articles that I've been um, sharing with my connections on LinkedIn and adding some commentary and how it applies to some, um, some of the things that I, that I work on and have been through, but also a little bit of a tease, Andrew, is I am going to be facilitating a, discu- 
um, discussions in about um, about another three weeks or so in, in the FP&A club, the group mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. And I'm going to begin with 2020, basically sharing with people in, in the club books from my library that I've been, that I find, I've been finding very helpful for me in terms of how we can help develop one's FP&A. Ah, I, actually, well, uh, well, actually, on and, that one, then, well, could we get maybe a sneak a sneak preview? Would you maybe have a, a first book or a favorite book from your library you'd, you'd share? For, for me, Andrew, and this is something I've been sharing, I share this with students because I use it in so many courses, is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, and why would you recommend that one to, to, to our audience? Well, with that right there... It's for FP&A mm. professionals, you are going to improve your financial planning skills by incorporating concepts like base rates and pre-mortems. Mm. And in your financial analysis, you're going to improve your ability to learn by not falling victim to errors in judgment, like recognizing something immediate that could be dominating or more important, something that is a bit unusual in a situation, slowing down your thinking, going through a more organized procedural process to to get to the bottom of what the problem is. I, I love some of the things you mentioned in there, Carl. Uh, I think I think pre-mortem is a very powerful way of slowing down and getting value. And I think that's it's, it's sort of even a nice little step to take for FP&A professionals to get to, to the next level of value creation because it's one thing about providing the analysis and insight it's the next bit figuring out a way of implementing it or getting ahead of any signals that might be indicating that a problem um, is, is perhaps emerging and because you've taken that exercise and pre-mortems you can get ahead of most things um, and limit risk great way of driving value and what's interesting andrew with the pre-mortems in Thinking Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman wrote that the, the concept of pre-mortems came from a colleague who he, Daniel Kahneman, had deemed kind of adversarial because Daniel, well, it, the, I'll add a little bit of the story. Daniel Kahneman with his this collaborator, Amos Tversky, were more toward the statistical school of, psych, of psychology where the gentleman who came up with the pre-mortems, Gary Klein, is more of the intu- the intuitive or the clinical school of psychology. So they both operated in different ways. But this gets back again of how important it is to identify the essential skills because we have someone like Daniel Kahneman who is going to look more at slowing things down, being maybe more fo- focused on algorithms or formulas to deal with situations, whereas someone like Gary Klein, who's going to be more in tune with intuition and perception to to deal with things, you bring both of them together. And then getting back to my fourth rule, maximize the positive, minimize the negative, maximize the positive of both schools while minimizing the negatives of both schools, you come up with an awesome combination. I think, I think comes back again. It's a, uh... It's a, that team or team of ideas, you know. I think that's 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 great. Yes. I, I I love I love that that disproportionate yes. return from it. So, uh, so Carl, that's that's a great recommendation. And I suppose, look, should some of our audience wish to continue the conversation, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Well, 
I would say if you want to connect with me is connect through LinkedIn and then we'll take it to the next step. Yeah, Well, look, it's certainly how we connected day one and then we got to finally meet and, and have more conversations since. And uh, and look, I, I think you, you do some fantastic work sharing on LinkedIn. Very useful. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate the kind I know, look, words. I, I mean it, Carl. And it was just, uh, I think it was long overdue getting you on the show. And I love the format we we were able to incorporate on the on the 12 current rules of Christmas. Um, Appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate that. Now, it's, uh, uh, ho- hopefully, that's gonna it's gonna help others move to where they want to move to they where they ultimately want to be professionally. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think the timing's apt as well. I think it's um, it's it's just that time of year when we can maybe things uh, hopefully slow down a little bit. We can reflect and and then hit the the following year with uh, some extra energy. And some better, better, better knowledge and and uh, advice. So appreciate that, Carl. Yes. Well, hopefully, I'm providing some ideas for. Re- yeah, exactly. It's perfect timing. And um, <laughs> just, I suppose, then, in case we missed anything, do you have any other parting thoughts to, to share with our audience before we wrap up? No, I mean, I think we pretty much covered ev- everything. Yeah. No. I, well, look, I, I mean, I will insert one again, and I think it comes back to rule number one and rule number twelve. You know, it's life's about the essential. It's about the priorities. And, and figuring out what they are and then yes. as we go about that it's it's looking for those opportunities where we can look for the square holes yeah and they're there it's just that there sometimes it can be a little bit harder to find but they're there <laughs> they're, they're, exactly, that's the whole point is it yeah exactly you know you've seen it you've lived through it, it they're there it's just knowing what to look yes. for and and trusting that you'll find them um, yes. You know, so, so look, what a what a great way to end the show, Carl. You've been a, an awesome guest, and want to wish you all the best for the holidays and for the new year ahead. Thank you, Andrew. Same to you and your family. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.